Welcome to another episode of the Empty Stands podcast. My name is Ibuka, and with me today we have Famiji, who is a regular on the show. We have Ohis, who strangely is a West Ham fan. I don't know what's going on there. And he's also someone that has his coaching badges, so that's quite interesting. And we have Olumidi, who is a lifelong Liverpool fan. Welcome, guys. And thank you, Ibuka. It's nice to be here again. Yeah, thank you, Ibuka. Nice to be here. Thank you, Ibuka. Nice to be here. Yeah, welcome. First time. Yeah, the first time on the pod. Thanks for coming. Uh, we'd like to start by um, looking at the results from the last um, game week. The focus is on the really big, shocking scorelines. We had United losing 6-1 to Spurs and also Liverpool losing 7-2 to Aston Villa. I never thought I would say that. Oh. So we'll start with the United results. Um, Spurs won 6 1 thanks to braces from um, Son and Harry Kane, and also the goals from Ndombele and Serge Aurier. Bamiji, do you think that um, Oli got the lineup right? I don't want to go straight into all the negatives. Mm. From the lineup, the selection, do you think um, Oli got that part right at least? Yeah, that, it's possibly the best team he could have put out. I mean, Lindelof, Lindelof deserves to be dropped after that performance against Crystal Palace. I mean, he can't be a defender in, in, in this big 2020 and he, there are three goals all coming from, not necessarily direct errors, but they're all coming from your side. So, yeah, he deserves to be dropped. But, I mean, he, he, he could say he's a bit vindicated now, seeing how the um, everything collapsed. So, if it's in terms of lineup, I don't think there's anything else he could have done or... Or, or you, you say Donny van der Beek. He started the season well, but I mean, you still expect um, the team he put up to be United's first team. So in terms of the lineup, I don't think Ole could have done any much different than than what was expected. I think I think that's fair. Um, Olumide, from the neutral perspective, the red card to Anthony Marcia was a turning point in that game. Do you believe that that was the correct decision? Um, yeah, definitely. Um, it was correct decision, but um, I think both players should have been sent off. So it's two ways: either both players get sent off, or both players get a yellow card. Because in football, modern day football, you simply can't put your hands up against another player. So um, it's either a yellow card based on the referee's leniency, or a red card for both players. You can't pardon one player and then. Um, um, send the other player off on what basis on what he gets there's no basis for it and it's atrocious because now that there is actually VAR and you can actually check the screen so to, to make that kind of decision is actually very very disgraceful yeah true I actually thought that both of them should have been sent off I was very surprised that Amela only got the yellow uh, Bamiji so, was there anything that Oli actually got right, aside the lineup? Was there anything else that he got right in that game? No, honestly, Buka, I, I don't think it's, it's hard to look at that game and, and say um, Oli did anything right, apart from the lineup. So, in terms of that, no. But if, if, if it's what he did wrong, I have a lot of things to tell you on that. <laughs> now, now, please go ahead. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. Let, let let me let me start by saying this. Um, is what I feel generally. I feel if you put two, three good attacking players together on the pitch, even without training, I'm not saying they don't need training, but even without training, they could come up with something. So the very the very best way you can you can tag a a manager who is good or who is not good is looking at what he does with his defensive unit. Yeah, I know Oyes will be will be green now because he's a he's a very big Mourinho fan, and and yeah. So I'll, I'll take you through this through some statistics now, and it's really going to bust your head because the fact that it's happened to United is it's really it's really crazy. So the first game, first game against Crystal Palace, they had fourteen shots at United, fourteen shots. I'm I'm not I'm not shitting you. The first game of the season, you have fourteen shots considered. The next game, I mean. If you're a manager, you look at that start leg, what's going on? Why are we having so much shots 
against us? Is it that I'm not, I'm, there's not enough shield for my defense? What's going on in my defense? Um, the next game, you, you think that is something that you'd work on. But no, Brighton came again and they added four more. That's 18 shots. Brighton had 18 shots against United. And I, I don't know what Solly match was doing that day. He could have honestly go, gone on with the match ball and they would probably give him another ball from inside because he could have scored four goals on the day. Then also, after that, <laughs> Ole still did not find a way to look at his team and say, no, there's something fundamentally wrong with my team. I mean, this is my team that from January to probably the end of last season, we were one of the best in terms of statistics, clinical statistics, we're one of the best teams in Europe. Then Tottenham had 22 shots. That's another increase. And you just really have to say, what, what, what's, the, what's the problem? Because this is the same, it's the same defense from last season that did well. Ole, Ole on his own, I mean, for me personally, I'll use, I'll use myself because I, I didn't judge him um, based on last season, based on what he could do tactically. Because as a manager, if you come in and you're given an objective and you fulfill that objective, I think you're safe for that season. And that's what he did. I, at the start of this season, I said the jury will be out on Ole in terms of his tactical acumen. And honestly, the fact that he had not sought out a pattern on how he's... On how, I mean, West Ham and, West Ham and um, Southampton last season, they, they gave the, the, old team, the old team, the Premier League, a template on how to mark against United. And since then, Ole has not come a way to counter, counter that press. So it's really poor showing from, from Ole. And um, with the fact that um, they, they, signed, they signed some new players today, I mean, on the deadline day, but he's not, he's not, really, he's not really attacked what the major issue is. The amount of shots that keeps increasing shows that there's no coordination in defense and there's even a lack of shield. So Ole did, he's done a lot of wrong this season and if he's not careful, he's going to be one of the first names that's going to get stuck. Wow. So his, how do you think Ole can solve those issues? Is it going to be work on the training ground? Is it a personnel issue? Does he need to tweak the formation? Just let's know your thoughts. Okay. Um, good evening, everyone. Um, I want to start by saying that I'm a diehard Mourinho fan, but when I'm analyzing football, I like to be as objective as possible. So I want to start by saying if Ole was the one that conceded a 26-second penalty, what do you think the scoreline would be if Spurs got the red card? Definitely not 6-1. That shows that the coach has a problem, and it's a problem of his tactical acumen. Ole is not tactically smart. I feel Ole has been riding on the good luck of the players, the dressing room, he plays the United way, he always says this DNA, that, and so on and so forth. So I feel like, first of all, Ole is like that guy that can come and say, aspire to, respire to desire, but he will not give you the tools to do that aspire to, desire to, respire on the pitch because there's really a limit to which he can coach. Ole has coached for about, this is 13th season in management, although most of it has been in Norway. He has done Cardiff, and this is Manchester United. December 19th, 2020, will make it two years since Mario was sacked and Ole assumed office as United manager. And don't get me wrong, I've seen Ole play with pace, power, strength, attacking down the wings. But when Ole plays difficult sides, when I mean difficult sides, like Bamiji said, West Ham, your Southampton, teams that can play two bags of four, teams that can play with a back five, four in front of them, I see Ole always struggling, game in, game out. I dare say that if Ole wins Newcastle away after the international break, I'll be very shocked. And it's not about the result of the last match. It's about how he sets his lineup. It's more of a tactical thing than individual performances. Yes, we can slander Maguire, we can slander anybody who wants to slander. But with all due respect, these were some of the players that played under Mourinho. And even if they were not the best of sides, they weren't this bad. They weren't this poor. I checked something last week. I said, um, Europa League final, who was in United centre-back? It was Daily Blind and Chris Smalling. 
why didn't they chop 6-1? Yes, I know Ajax can be compared to the weight of some teams in the Premier League, but I feel it's more of a tactical problem than a personal problem. So I agree, I agree with Bamiji that if you sign everybody, it won't still address some issues. I feel like Ole has to go back to the drawing board and see how um, he plays against some of these teams. They do video analysis. They have all the tools they need. I mean, Manchester United is a big club. So I feel it's basically tactical and it should be addressed from the training ground. And let's see how it's brought onto the pitch. Hopefully, his new signings, um, Alex Telles and Edison Cavani, they rescue him and save him his job for another season. But I just feel like this thing is not sustainable. Thank you. Ebuka, hey, Ebuka, hey, sorry. Let me let, let me add to what let me add to what um Oiz just said. Although I think he, he he was stretching a little too much. He never he never um um hides the opportunity to try and praise Mourinho, but that's fine. Um because it seems like Ole is being is being is being found out now. I, I, I wish we try not to be so reactionary every time. I mean despite the fact that we are fans and we just watch the game. When we're talking football, let's try not to be so reactionary. I mean, there were times where it seemed like Ole knew what he was doing, especially last season. If you remember when he had that run with big teams, he had big players out, he had Rashford out, he had um, sometimes he had Marshall out, but he still got those results. So, yeah, he, he, it's possible that he was just living on vibes. But yeah, in 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 the whole entirety of it, Oiz Oiz is right. It seems like he was just riding on the good form of the players at the time. Because I mean, look at Ateta. Like I said, the first thing you want to know about the coach is what does this coach have a pattern? What is his pattern? Ateta Ateta came into Arsenal just like January, and you can see what he's trying to do with Arsenal. You can see you can see you can see that he's brought a new pattern to them. Oh. Good coaches about them. It doesn't have to be tiki taka and all of that, but there's a pattern. If when if we're in this um, situation, what are we going to do? I promise you, if you see a team, a team that always finds their way out of very hard press, that's that's the work of a very good manager. And at the moment, I don't think Ole has that. Thanks for that, Bamiji. Uh, Olumidi, any word from you as a neutral? <laughs> I I I'm 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 glad to see United where they are right now in the kind of calamity they are right now. <laughs> it gives me joy. But um, frankly speaking, yeah, um, I think we all celebrated actually uh, as neutrals or as I don't want to say as haters, but we all celebrated when United gave Uli the long-term contract. I celebrated personally because I can clearly see from the outside that this guy doesn't really know what he's doing. He just always gets lucky. Like sometimes United will play and then you see them and then you look at them playing brilliant football sometimes, but then you actually just see that is the personnel. Like Greenwood came out and then it was, it was flames. Rashford had his moments. Marcel had, had swell moments as well. Pogba came. You get, but you can just, there's, there's no DNA about them, about their play. There's no, you don't just see any pattern, any solid pattern about their play. And then, to con- to, considering the kind of managers that were available at the time, the Pochettinos, the um, Allegri's, you, you could uh, you could you could see that they could do far better than Ole. I mean, I don't rate Ole because Norway and then Cardiff. It was, it was I think it was sacked at Cardiff or something. So really, but well, fair enough. They gave him a long term deal, so I'm happy. <laughs> well, well, we're doing that. <laughs> we're also happy here. But let's 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 move over to the Liverpool side of things. Um, Olubi, so after the United game, um, the next game was Aston Villa against Liverpool, and I can remember I was sitting comfortably, expecting Salah, my FPL captain, to just have a proper mad outing where he scores a brace or a hat trick. He actually scored the brace, and that was cool. But then on the other side of things, Aston Villa somehow. Without a red card or a penalty, they managed to score seven goals. Olu, please walk us through that result. <sighs> we'll never walk alone. We'll never walk alone is the first. But yeah, um, um, it was embarrassing. It was. It was. I never thought I would see a result or a team score seven goals through us with with my defensive goats. At the back, I never thought I'd see it. I, fine, I was having bad, bad vibes already. Like 
if you know me, my Twitter was already having bad vibes because fam is never good when we have Alison out. It's never ever good because Adrian is just Adrian is I don't have words for Adrian, but but no 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 he makes Carrius look like a god. So um I, I saw I saw that kind of result coming, not not seven, but I, I kind of saw a defeat coming like to a lower team and all, but no, no, yesterday, yesterday is, you can, I can't just fathom it. It was unexplainable. It was, you could not defend that kind of results. Come on, seven goals against Aston Villa. No red card. United had a red card. Everything, like, you look at, I don't know about Barcelona, Bayern Munich, but most of these results always have a red card or two. But we had 11 players, 11 players running, running around. And then seven, two, it was inexcusable. Yeah. It was just bad. A bad day at the office, to sum it up. So, what were the issues? What did club get wrong? Um, were there key players that underperformed? Just walk us through that part. Well, um, if we look at it, um, I've actually been complaining about our high line, our defensive line. So, our defense, our line is too high. And then, to implement that kind of um, football, you actually need the best of the best. Like, you need the best players in defense. You need your keeper to be alert. You need a super keeper. For, to, to implement that. You look at Bayern, you look at Neuer, we even saw it in the Champions League final. You, you're the, your keeper just has to be world-class to, to cover the space when, when opponents try to get behind. Your defenders have to be on top of their game. But yesterday, we were just off it. Van Dijk was slow, was sluggish. Adrian, it, it, I, I said something. I said, uh, it was, I, I blame Adrian. Why? Because anytime he plays, it just, it just, it just spreads them. Um, it spreads, it diminishes confidence. Like, it, you, you just see that the whole team clearly, clearly don't um, have any trust in him. Like, it was a simple pass. It was, even Klopp was like, Klopp that usually doesn't even blame players. Klopp was looking at him like, guy, what the hell? You could just kick this thing down the field and then get rid. But simple pass, passes. And, and then we've seen this from him, not, not two, not three, not four times. Like, it's, and then that, that kind of thing spreads through the whole team. And then for some reason, that I can't comprehend till now. I don't know why the whole team just collapsed. Because that's not, that's not just my team. That's not just Liverpool. Like, we don't, like, we, we've had such things. And then we just, we, we game, we, it's like game, game on for us. But then yesterday was just every single thing, every single thing. Like, every single attack was a goal. And uh, no, no, every single thing was a goal. And then we had, you know, you know I, I, don't want to, I don't want to single out players. Then you have Wijnaldum and then you have, you have people like Femino, just, you know, it was just one of those days, yeah? But you can't blame Klopp. You can't blame the lineup. You can't blame Klopp. You can't blame... I mean, last, just last week, I thought we were going to walk the league again after, after beating us now, but you can't blame anybody. It just happens. We'll bounce back. We're we'll Liverpool. We'll always bounce back. True, true. Um, do you have anything to say about that game? What, what were your thoughts when you watched it? Okay. Um, sorry, I view things first from a coaching perspective. So permit me to say that two of the greatest managers in the world are not my greatest managers. It doesn't mean I'll call them frauds, but they are very rigid sometimes. So I've said it times with that number, and Ayadishola, I'm sure he has been on this um, podcast, he has said it that Klopp needs to know when to play 4 2 3 1. I feel like yesterday was one of those games where they should have played with a 4 2 3 1. But I'm not saying this in hindsight of the results. I'm saying this because Thiago is injured. I'm sorry, Thiago has COVID, Mane has COVID. Anderson is coming from injury. You need to find a balance because you have plenty of players, except you want to play Fabinho in defense. So I've been saying it, chorusing it on various group chats that I am, that how is Liverpool going to find balance in their midfield? And I'm happy that yesterday's game was a reality check. Not like they are still not favorites to win the Premier League. But I just feel like, Klopp doesn't have to always come out of surprise because Mourinho, Pep, all the managers in EPL, when interviewed and asked, how did you retain the league? They always say things like, let, Pep, um, let Klopp find out. When it was Pep's turn, they would say, let Pep find out. Like, they, because they really have nothing to give you as a tip because you need a lot of things to retain a Premier League. And yes, they are still favorites because Man City, they are not really, really impressing us. But I feel like for Klopp to not have a result away from him, because I don't think they can get a result in Anfield, they are too confident of their Anfield record to play like that. 
So I feel like Klopp needs to be a bit tactically flexible because he has everything in his artillery. They have a second front three, a second midfield three, and there I see they have three substitute defenders of their back four, even if Adrian is completely rubbish at the moment. I'm done. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, what about Bamiji? Bamiji, do you have anything to add to that? Oh, of course I do. Of course it's up. I do. I do. <laughs> um, okay, okay. The, 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 first, the first thing is I, I, would like to, I would like to wonder where Olumide and probably most of the other Liverpool fans have that confidence they had at last season. I'm sorry to say, but they flattered to deceive me this season. And I'll tell you why. The first game, was a very late penalty that, that bailed them out. The second one against um, Chelsea, the game was, they had more shots and all, oh, but the game was even up onto the red card. Then the third game against Arsenal, I was really disappointed with Ateta. Because he, he, I'm not saying they are the champions here, yeah, you respect them, but I think you over-respected them. Because you saw when he brought, when he made the change, he probably should have started with Ceballos. They, they could have easily made that game 2-2. But at the end of that football, you miss your chances and the other team will score. Then now, so I'm not, well, I'm not, say, I'm not saying, I, I, I took them to be second this league because I, I thought Man City would, would, would come out guns blazing. And, but Liverpool have really flattered to deceive this season. And Aston Villa really gave them a, a shock you performance because um, it was, it was, while everybody were, 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 um, was happy with Watkins, I mean, he scored his perfect hat-trick. Why won't anybody be, be happy over that? Um, Jack Grealish was, was immense. But one person that people seem to forget, or rather two, McGinn. McGinn was a grafter in that um, team. And what a performance. Because he, he, he stifled probably almost all the Liverpool midfielders. And he was just he, 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 he ensured that Aston Villa exploited the eyeline that Liverpool used. Also, I think people tend to forget Barkley is a very dangerous player. Barkley had a very good game. I mean, he missed a lot. Of, he missed like two, three chances, but he had a very good game and we, we, we saw the potential, the, a potential link-up that we might also see in England, I mean, with him and Jack Grealish. They really enjoyed themselves in that game. And, and yeah, Olumide is right at the end of the day because once Adrian plays, Liverpool don't seem like the team that they are anymore. And that, that is a bad thing because, I mean, one player shouldn't really affect the whole team's performance. But the truth is that it does. He, there's no confidence. There's no, there's no belief. That, they, they were not playing like, uh, they were playing like, oh my God, this guy was going to concede again. You know, when, when you're playing with that kind of fear in your mind, it, 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 it creates a mental block. But now we're seeing, we're seeing teams... Um, exposing the defensive um, frailties of um, Trent Alexander-Arnold. He, 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 yes, <laughs> he targeted his yes, yes. part so, so much. They targeted his part so much. And the thing about about this, uh, when he's not, when he cannot cross, and you see, you see those defensive frailties. So, and I, I don't know what happened to Joe Gomez. He looks, he looks good at a point, but but now he, he just looks very awful. So I mean Liverpool will bounce back, but it was really nice for Aston Villa to 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 do that kind of thing. <laughs> so Olu, has this oh changed your expectations for the season? I know that you're not you're not expecting to walk away with the league or run away with it like you did last season, but are you still confident of winning the league or at least finishing second? Oh uh, well, I was confident of winning the league as at last week. Understand, but but <laughs> now as at as at today today as at today not not because um, we got hammered by um, Aston Villa seven goals to but because I heard I heard um, Alison was going to be out for six weeks. That's six weeks with Adrian. <laughs> Fam, you you only need um, three weeks because now there's actually a game like every there's actually like um, two games in every week. So that's like six games. Fam, six games six six games is enough to end your season. You understand, but but um, I just hope, I hope that um, there'll be it's going to improve big time, and then we can just face our football instead of facing the goalkeeper. So after um, all that being said, once once uh, Mane, once Sadio, once Thiago, hopefully Matip comes back and sends Gomez to the bench. Once all those changes can come in, 
then I believe we'll, we'll still retain our league, we'll retain the title. If we don't come first, we'll come second. But I still, I, I still see us challenging for the title big time. Because the, the problem, I have Thiago. Once Thiago comes, my game will not be pressing my midfield. My midfielders are, are scared. Just if you, if you shout, if you, if, if, you sh- if you shout as well now, don't, don't shout. It's going to turn back and pass to Alisson. So is 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 as in it's just it's just so dead. It's not like we've gone past the phase of somebody running up and down and then you start calling him um, world class or something. Why not just runs up and down? Same thing with uh, <laughs> Keta. Keta is so shy. I wonder what happens to Keta of Bundesliga. Then you then, then now I'm, now I wasn't I wasn't a fan of Henderson, but I can assure you with Henderson on the pitch, that result of yesterday doesn't happen. Not because I rate it. Doesn't happen. I I told you I about that thing. He doesn't have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As 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 much as it pains me to say, because I actually don't rate his football. But with Henderson on the pitch, like we have, some, we have a lot of character. But him being out of it, like everybody just pushed it out of it. Like it was, Van Dijk was just shouting. The shouts, he did not bring anything. So like there was no, there was no bite, no fight in the midfield. Like, and I felt, I felt, I was screaming for Milner, for Milner to come on since um, halftime, just to add um, a bit of steel to the to the midfield and everything. But I don't know. It was just one of those days. But we'll be back. Thiago will be back. And Mane will be back. I'll work our league. I'm sorry, Ebuka. Let me let me add let me add something. Sorry. Um, I, I think it's, it's a controversial view, but I'm going to say it to my chest either way. Mohamed Salah has not been as good for Liverpool as he's been since 17-18. He gave us a, a Messi-Ronaldo ex-season and in terms of performance, he, he still scored goals, right? I mean, he still scored goals, but he's not giving us that performance, which now brings the question that is Mane now the main man for Liverpool? I think he is. And with that game, I, don't, I, just, I just, with two people in that game, I don't see that 7-2 happening, Mane and Thiago. Um, well, for for about Salah, Salah, Salah's uh, since seventeen eighteen. If you look at the way he started seventeen eighteen, you see that Salah thrives well with um, a playmaker in the team. Do you understand? Like Salah thrives off um, one-time finishes. Like I have a I have a clear goal scoring chance and then I finish. But not about um, I have to work and work and work and work before I get one chance. So that that's been Salah's reality since um, Coutinho left. If you see Salah was on, Salah was pure Salah was pure flames um first half of 17-18, although he maintained it to the end of the season, but continued left in January. Right. Yeah. Before then, Salah Salah had raked up a, 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 a higher amount of goals because they were easy finishes, like continue to Salah. That link up was fire. Do you understand? But continue left now and then Salah has been feeling on scraps. Like he, just watch if you watch the game, you see that Salah has to work and work and work. Money money scores goals, money works, but you find that Salah is our main, is, is really the main spark of the team. Sometimes I look at people saying that uh, Mane, Mane is the main man of the team. But personally, I will never, I won't pick um, Mane over Salah. Because Salah is like a danger man. He stretches the game. He stretches the game. And when he stretches the game to, that, to his right-hand side, the game opens up for, for um, in the center and then the middle. And center and then the left-hand side. Do you understand? So yeah. I, I, value, I, I rate Salah so highly. I rate him so highly. And then, it proves it time and time again. Like Mane always has to keep up with Salah's numbers. You get and that and that and this is Salah hustling. So I'm just hoping that with um, Thiago now in the team. I mean, you could see against Chelsea, you can see the kind of runs that Salah started making. Salah was no longer dropping back to receive the ball from the midfield. Now he was making runs to score goals. So that's the Salah of 17-18, not Salah of um, now that he has to come back to pick the ball from from when once we're not doing our cross initial. Now he has to come back and pick the ball from from Henderson or all those other players that can't pass the ball properly. So, yeah, I think Salah will be back once, once Thiago is, um, is a regular in the team. I think Salah's numbers... If you're playing FPL, just captain Salah all through. All through this season, once Thiago is on that pitch. <laughs> and it's good, that's good value. Yeah, captain Salah, he put me out this last game week. So, I, th- I think I'll just leave him the armband for the foreseeable future. I have so much belief in that guy. Uh, moving on to another shock result. We saw Leicester lose 3-0 at home to West Ham. I think Oiz must have been so excited by that result. Please talk, let's, let's talk about it, Oiz. How was that for you, watching that game? Okay, so uh, um, this is a very, very unpopular opinion. And people won't believe. But from my games between us now and on the 31st of October when I played Liverpool, I said West Ham is going to get nothing less than four points. 
And I shock you not, yeah, yeah, yeah. I counted Leicester as one of the teams I'll get points from. Why? December 2019, I played Leicester 2-1. And I noticed the weaknesses of Leicester. And he played that game. So I was like, okay, he's not playing. How can this guy approach it? I, I also thank God that Moyes is still working from home because I don't even know how we're getting these results. But I expected it. Well. I did not expect it to be very honest. Uh, we'll go on a short break. Yeah. And uh, when we come back, we'll talk about the other games that were played. Welcome back. I'll be looking at Everton next. They continued their perfect start to the season. And uh, Olumidi, where do you think Everton is going to finish? Um... I think they'll still be, they'll finish around the sixth, seventh position, to be honest, because uh, Everton will always be Everton. Do you understand? They're just, they're just, they're just in the moment. They're having a moment right now, but quite impressive, I must say. But Everton will always be Everton. I mean, the big clubs will still come out to play. So I still expect them to finish probably around the sixth, seventh mark, at best. At best. Fair enough. Well, he's what you have to say about that. Um, well, this is very tough oh, because um, Everton is for I don't know Everton they've not been in this place since David Moyes so it's difficult to call so me I'm just going to leave it with these three permutations so I don't think Pickford is good enough for them to fight for top four top six I don't think they have a backup for Richarlison and Last but not least, if Carlo wants to tweak things in terms of like, instead of playing a midfield diamond or 4-4-3 with Ames on the right that cuts in, who does he have? I just saw with our short break that they've sold or loaned Walkers to Southampton. Moise King went to PSG yesterday. Does Everton really have a team for plan B if they meet a Liverpool, for example? If they meet a Masti, for example? If they get stuck... How do they switch things up? Because if you want to play Alan, Ducore, Gomez, Sigurdsson, um, Ames, week in, week in, week out, your opponents can know how you play. And it won't really give you some points that you can avoid to drop. So, to be honest, it's very difficult for me to say. And I'm taking nothing out of Calanchelotti. But I respect and rate every single one. It's Iwobi, who I think should leave the club. <laughs> Iwobi. Iwobi is borderline world class. <laughs> but I like what they are doing and they should keep dreaming. I don't know. That, that's where I'll just leave it. I can't really call a top four, top six yet. It's still too early. Yeah, it's still early days. And another team that is probably looking at the top four is Chelsea. Chelsea somehow um, managed to beat Crystal Palace 4-0. I, I can't speak to that because I feel I'll be very partial. So, Bamiji, can you help me? Can you talk about that Chelsea result? I'm, I'm quite offended you didn't come to me with everything, considering how much you know I've been... Oh, I've yes, been you, you love me so much, sorry. <laughs> but anyway, it's fine. But let me... I just want to touch a couple of things that probably were in the past. I'm sorry, but it's just... I just have to let it on my chest. Um, I'm surprised Oyes didn't talk about the performance of for now for West Ham. He, he, he's had a tough time since coming in from Villarreal and... I think that game should probably be a stepping stone for him. It was a beautiful control, the second goal, and the assist to Bowen as well. So I, I, I really enjoyed his performance. Then also to Everton, the Everton conversation. He kept saying something, and I didn't, he didn't sit well with me. He said he's not taking anything away from Marcelotti. You are taking something away from him if you think he, he can't build on, on um, what he's done so far. This thing, I'm not saying, I'm not saying they're going to win the league. I mean, how do you, how else do you want to win the league? Is it not by just doing well and winning games and going on? It's not, it's not even a matter of the way 
um, of winning the games is the way they've won it. I mean, you see West, you see Everton going a goal down, and immediately that mentality is already already that let's get a goal back. So Ancelotti has already instilled a. a, a, a I know it's I know it's still early, but I can just feel I see something different about them, and I, I think I think they're going to replace Leicester in terms of that top six um, conversation. So just just what I mean, they won they won four games in the row. The last time they did that. They won the league in um, 19. Um, I'm not certain of the year, but some years back. But let's 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 see. Then about Chelsea, <laughs> it, it 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 was it was a good it was a good second half performance. I think Lampard really really really. I don't know what he did, um, but a different team came out in that second half. Um, it was really appalling in the first. Um, the few talking points coming up from there is. One is Timo Werner still lacking in confidence because he he looks like I I like him I like Werner normally but he looks like a striker that is really really lacking in confidence and I was really shocked we had a conversation on Twitter I was really shocked that he was not offered that second penalty to take but at the end of the day the 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 most important thing is to get the three points on board and Chiro had an amazing debut. He, he is becoming um, um, from last season. He started entering that um, who are the top left backs in the Premier League um, conversation, and with that, with performances like this, he is certainly going to continue being in that conversation. Um, and Jorginho, it was fine to see him get back from from the missed penalty, but all in all, it was it was just the job done for for Chelsea. Speaking of Jorginho and penalty. Um, Olumide, should we be alarmed by the high number of penalties that we've seen at the beginning of the season and also the lack of clean sheets? Yes, um, talking about penalties, is it's 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 the hand trouble, the handball rule is just crazy. It is imagine somebody like Luis Suarez in the Premier League today, he will be having a field day because he's just very as an it, it, it's 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 just crazy. It's it goes against the defenders hundred percent of the time. Like I can't imagine. That's why that's why you have penalties every single game. Like almost every game you have a penalty or a penalty shout or something like that. So with that, and then you think of the the rules involving penalties. Um, me, I'm not I'm not really a big fan. I'm I'm not a, I'm not a fan of um of the rules in England. They make the rules so rigid. I mean, other countries, other leagues, they make use of um the VAR system, they have their handball rules and all that, but the English, the English just like to, you know, um, over, overdo some things. That's why you're having this and then it's spoiling the game. But I, I think, um, I think prior to this weekend, I think there was a clampdown on, um, there was, um, they softened their stance on the, on the, on the handball rule. So I think they give referees more, um, more um, power Right to overlook some 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 handball some handball situations you get in situations where the, the defender like you you don't even move your hand they're already giving a, a penalty like it's just it's just outrageous so um, with that and then clean sheets I just feel that the players are just we, no no fans it has continued for a long time and I just feel that um, the players are they just feel that they're still in a preseason mode you get the games are beginning to get tiring to watch because everything just everybody just they're just playing but it has no real feel and then England will still suffer again because the COVID spike the COVID keeps spiking in, in the UK and but other countries are already looking at reintroducing fans. So well with that once players still think that they're in precision mode with that you have a high number of goals that just as for a precision game and all but Everything will tell when when the table when the table starts um, the gap starts increasing and then everybody will get serious along the line. But right now, I think I think we'll just keep getting this number of goals and number of uh, penalties for now. Yeah, true. Well, he's well, boy. What are you? And then and then and then sorry and then sorry yeah. sorry. One last thing to add to the Everton issue, right? I think um, I think I would begin to take Everton serious if they are able to. You know, defeat Liverpool because they've, they've actually not won a Merseyside debut for ten years. So, um, and then Richarlison added smoke, added um, added um, what's the word now? 
if we he, he smoked everything up yesterday because he he he, he uploaded the picture of himself is is shirt number seven when Aston Villa scored the Olu, seven Olu, so, Olu, Olu, so Olu, yes let's be honest with you are you not afraid afraid of Everton yeah afraid of the of the game not necessarily Everton the game the game coming up I'm actually not afraid of the game the the only doubt I have, all right, all right. The, only, the only doubt I have in my team is Adrian. But if, for instance, Alisson was fit, then I have no problem. I will smash Everton. But now you, we, know, we know that whatever we play, Adrian is, going to, Adrian is going to fuck shit up at the back. So there's no point. So that's the only thing. But if he keeps his shit together, then we should, we should have more than enough to beat Everton with Thiago and Mane. Right? So um, that's that about that. It would be an interesting Don't comment game. or something. You definitely want to watch. Have- yeah, sure he is. Okay, um, so first things first. Um, Olum, do you want to comment on two things you've said all evening? Um, Salamani comparison. Um, there's a coach, former Mamelodi Sundance coach, currently with Alali, signed a couple of days ago. His name is Pizzo Mostimani. He said that there are some players in world football and you cannot mark, you can manage. Second is Mohamed Salah. If that's what you mean by you prefer Salah to Mane, I agree with you. But if Salah and Mane, I'm sorry, I beg to differ on the importance on Salah versus Mane in a squad. Then the second thing about... Um, about your thoughts that I want to comment on is about Adrian. I don't think personally Adrian is the only issue. I feel like if someone like Femi is used to feeding two outlets in Salah and Mane, although Jota looked very sharp against Arsenal, he may have that issue playing with Femi because where it's coming from, it was, even if Raul is also a pressing forward like Roberto Femi, Raul also knows how to get into the box sometimes, get into behind field. So, apart from Adrian, I think you should be scared that you are going to a messy side derby without Sadio Mane as well. And with a midfield, like you said, of Shin can happen in two weeks. But like I told Bami just several, if Everton, a messy side derby just like that, if I'm to put my money on that game, I'll say it will be a draw. Although it's going to be a goalless draw like we've seen for the last two seasons. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I understand. But what I'll say is, um, you know, you know, the, the defensive aspect is, is actually very important. So you could, you could go out there and play anything, play anything, do any, create, create an, an obscene number of chances. And then you manage to score one and then they go straight right, they go straight down your defense and they score, score right back. Like, that, this, this thing, why, why I like Adrian is because we've seen this thing happen. Like, we, um, Liverpool's, uh, one of our best performances last season was actually um, Atletico at home. Atletico at home in the Champions League where we needed to win by two goals to qualify. Like, that was our best performance. I was so proud. I was, everything was on point. But then, you need, that, that, that's when Adrian came through. And then we, we, we won 1-0 in regulation time. Firmino just scored the second goal, and then we were clear. And then this is what Adrian did. So it, it comes down to you can you can you can hustle and bustle. You can create you can create crazy chances. You can do whatever you want to do in ninety minutes. But then it only takes one second for the goalkeeper to spoil everything. And that's the same thing that that's the same problem that um, let's not forget that Everton have the same problem with Pickford. But Pickford is even far better than Adrian now. But Pickford, Pickford also fumbles. And then I think they tried to get the goalkeeper in today. I don't know if they got to over the line. But then, what I'm saying is that the goalkeeper is actually very, is very important. So, it's not about what we play. Mane can play. In fact, Messi can play. But once, you're, once your defender is giving cheap, is giving cheap goals, you, you, once your keeper is giving cheap goals, then that's the end. Because your keeper is the last line of defense. Whatever mistake a keeper makes ends up in the back of the net. Do you understand? So, if, if Alisson was playing, I wouldn't care about Richarlison. It's not today we're playing against Richarlison. It's not today we're playing against um, um, Hammers. Or all those players. I trust my boys against their boys, but I don't trust my keeper against their attackers. Not to make, not because of one long shot, but because the big pass the ball to your defender, you pass it to their striker, it scores. So that's that's my own concern. 
So that's 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 it. It's not about um, money. Um, and by the way, um, Roma already has it. That money is already money will soon recover. The news broke later than he had COVID, so he will soon recover. Money is going to play. Thiago is going to play. Everybody's going to play, but Alisson is not going to play. Adrian is going to play. There is the concern. We would lose the game if Adrian, if Adrian has any form of limelight on his body on that day, we'll lose the game. That's it. So, well, thank you. How small feet is this guy? Now? He's a professional. <laughs> How small feet? No, no, no. Ibuka, you remember Paul? Remember Paul in Redeemers? Our yes, goalkeeper. Redeemers goalkeeper. Paul yeah, is far better than Adrian. <laughs> I don't know how Adrian, this, all, all, all this thing is opportunity. I'm telling you, it's opportunity. I don't know, how, it's because he's white and he's Spanish. Please, please he's he was my former keeper, I beg. You guys saw something in him before you bought him. Up. <laughs> we we did not buy him. We did not buy You guys released him. You did not, re, you did not renew his deal. For West Ham to release a keeper and then Liverpool will go and buy the same keeper. To what, to what end? Do you understand? Like, the, rule of, the, the, rule of, the rule of a goalkeeper is actually very, very important. More important than we did before. Because you look at you look at Liverpool down the years, like once our first choice is not like like we had we, not too long not too long ago we had Carrios, and Carrios went went to go to go and manifest in the Champions League final and disgraced his whole his whole his life to to the entire world. Do you understand? And then we go and then we go and we, from before Carrios, so we just came from Mignoli, from Mignoli. Like, like how unlucky can you get? We come from Mignoli to Carrios. Then from Carrios, we, we, we got, we got uh, Alisson and they were all happy. And then Alisson starts picking up injury like one skillful winger that is beating players on the flanks. Like, I don't get it. So you look at these things and then you just wonder. So I'm not scared of Everton. Everton, we've seen better Everton sides. When Tim Carey was popping and everything and everything, they, would noise, they were doing everything. They've not won a debut in 10 years. So all the stuff they are doing is... is 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 uh, but Ancelotti. My, my, my another slight concern is that Ancelotti, Ancelotti has club's number from but even since his Napoli days. So that that might be another cause for concern. I just I just wish we had the Anfield um, pushing right now because we really need Anfield. I don't know why all our games seem to be away games, away games these days. We need Anfield. Rant over. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you so much for that, Olu. Uh, we saw City draw with um, Leeds at Ellen Road. I don't focus on City because you know their quality side, and as you said, everybody's in preseason mode and they're just trying to get back up to speed. But um, Bamiji, looking at Leeds, do we need to adjust our expectations? Do we start to look at Leeds as a top ten team now? I'm sorry, I don't know about you, but I'm not adjusting any expectations. I already said Leeds were going to be the surprise, the Sheffield, or the better Sheffield this season. I, I have it on record, and I'm very proud of that. I mean, Bielsa, Bielsa came in with a, with a whole lot of hype, and in just four games, I think everybody has seen it. It's, it's, it goes back to the basic thing I was talking about. I, if you want to quickly know that this manager knows what he's doing, it does he have a pattern? Leeds have a pattern for everything, for getting out of defense. Yes, they they, they concede a lot of goals, which is is I mean, <laughs> seeing United and and um, Liverpool getting six and seven, conceding four against the champions doesn't really look as bad as it it, it did again. So, but they also came in with the with the necessary with the hype, and he's living up to it. He's seriously living up to it. The players have come in heads down with their ponytail, all of them, like four or five of them, and they are just they're just they're just bowling bowling out there. About the game in particular, they went to go down, and I mean, from there, I'm sure some people would have thought that it's going to be down the hill for them um, against the city side. They're telling who who, who seem to be confident. He scored two goals in the in midweek, but they came back in the second half, just like Chelsea did in against um, Crystal Palace. And this man came with a mission, Rodrigo. He's not had the best start of, of the season. He's been frustrated, actually. He, he, he came in his first game, considered a penalty on his debut. The second game, he played only 45 minutes, was act off. The next game, he came only in the second half, was act off even after that. And he, he, he came with a mission and he looked like somebody that, no, guys, I'm a bowler. I'm a bowler, you guys, I'm your record signing. And he played like it. He actually did. And it was really good to see. 
to see um, um, Man City struggling because it just it just really asks you. So really, who who is going to have this league? Are we going to see uh, uh, Ancelotti and Mourinho roll back the years and give us a, a Titanic battle? I don't know if that will happen, but now nah, it was really exciting to see. Big ups to Bielsa, and I would love to see how, how they continue progressing this season. Thanks for that, Pamiji. I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing how Leeds will finish the season. Uh, they have a lot of quality, and Bielsa is an outstanding manager. But when we think about relegation, I think the picture I have in my head, I have Fulham, I have West Brom, I have Sheffield. So, Olumide, what picture is in your head? Who do you think is going to get relegated? I know this is very early, but who do you think? Um, not think now. I know that Fulham and and their brothers West Brom. I know they are going back down for certain. Then, I, but I wouldn't put Sheffield United in that bracket because um, I still consider them a a decent team. And then my boy, my boy Brewster, is about to light up um, light up um, Sheffield United. So. Um, I, I, I fancy Sheffield United to survive, but um, for a third team, I uh, I really can't put maybe probably Burnley because Burnley's Burnley style now, Burnley style now. Um, I think they, they didn't they didn't invest in their squad and then their style people are people are, people are figuring them out now. I think they've lost they've lost three out of three, so um, I think Burnley will join them. So. It's going to be pretty straightforward this year because this year teams don't actually have time. Is that you ball or you don't or you or you go home? Like nobody is <laughs> here no to time. waste time. Like if you don't if you, if you don't serve anybody on their house, people will serve you on your ass. So that's 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 um, West Brom. West Brom are learning the hard way. I knew West Brom were not serious from that match against Chelsea. I knew they were not serious. Then um, obviously, um, what's the name? Um, Fulham. No, Fulham is like the most unserious team. I think they, they got Loftus Cheek in on loan today. But it's quite unfortunate that it's going to be relegated. And uh, then Burnley, Burnley is gone. Burnley, I think Burnley will join them. It shouldn't be hard. I was rooting, I was rooting for Man, I was rooting, I was rooting for United to join them. But I just feel that United will survive yeah. probably seventeenth or sixteenth. So yeah. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, oh, what about you? Who do you think is going to get relegated? Um, so, first of all, I'm, I'm happy to say that West Ham won't be relegated this season. Ah, you best. Six points. You escaped by the skin of your we teeth. Have points <laughs> yes. So, I'm telling you West Ham won't be relegated. But on a more serious note, um, what I look at before I pick relegation rivals how many 10 to 15 goal strikers or players can you have in the team? So I won't say it in order of 18, 19, 20th, but my first pick is going to be Burnley. Ashley Burns, yes. since he came from injury. League club, in the League Cup against City, in the game against Newcastle, he has not looked himself, but it's still early days. Second game back from injury. I feel like Sean Dyche should have eased him slowly because him doing that, Mad Vidra that put in a shift for Ashley Barnes all these months when he was injured. If you know, Barnes injured before lockdown, no? he will now start getting demotivated. Any day they bring him on, he won't play his best and so on. And that one is topic for another day. Candidate two, I will say West Bromwich Albion. West Bromwich Albion, because of the way they concede goals, they concede goals carelessly. If you look at the game with Everton, yes, I know Everton, they are on fire this season. But they, they started the game against Everton so bright, you could have bet your money that it could be a draw. Against Chelsea, three goals down. So basically, if a team is three goals down, that means, and they can't even get three points from that game, oh, ten men, um, they didn't get a red card. How many penalties did they concede? Like, I don't know, it's just very, very crazy not to put them in your relegation bracket. Then, the reason why me, I'm not going to put Fulham yet is because I have a very weird respect for Mitrovic. 
But Faka is still tweaking and thinking. He'll play Kamara as nine today. He'll play Kebano as false nine. Tomorrow is Bobby Reed and so on and so forth. I think he has even tried Ivan Cavallero up front. Scott Parker doesn't really know what his front um, lineup is. So I feel like them having Mitrovic, they may edge it. So my third candidate, with all due respect, has to be Sheffield United at the moment because they saw their best... Okay, they didn't sell, but their best player went back to his parents' club. And instead of getting... There are 101 keepers you could have gotten in all the four or five divisions in England. They went for Bournemouth's Ramsdale. Ramsdale that was drinking goals, even when defenders like Ake and um, Lloyd Kelly were putting in a shift on the pitch towards the end of the season, Ramsdale was still unfortunate. So my three candidates in a nutshell are Sheffield United, Burnley, and West Bromwich Albion. As at today, 5th October 2020. I can review it game week 20, game week 19. But I just feel like those three sides, they don't have enough goals in them. Fulham, yes, they drink. But respect. I think he has given us two or three already. So I don't know. I feel Fulham can nick it if they keep up scoring, especially against the bottom six sides. I think Mitrovic has done it before. And gotten and gotten relegated. Yes. I believe we will do it again and still get relegated again. I just believe in a stable defense too much, right? Um, you can score you like it's good having a strike. Also, also, also I think I think that um you not I'm not saying having a striker that will give fifteen goals is not is not good though, but I mean Charlie Austin scored almost sixteen for QPR and do you, Do you understand? You just need you need to show up. You need to show up. It's important. But Fulham, West Brom, it's looking bleak for them. That's the word. Burnley can still survive. You guys, you guys are not giving a lot of credit to Sean Dyke. He's really trying no, to bring in. Uh, I've been I actually, I actually, be, actually believe that Burnley, 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 always just they just come up clutch sometimes and then just pull off some big result and then before you know it they've survived. So but that was that was why I made them my third pick. Like Burnley, probably maybe maybe not. But I, I just I just feel that Sheffield United will never be in this conversation. Like a few weeks down the line, I just believe so. I'm, so, I'm, so, I'm sorry to say, but, but but Brewster, I don't I don't understand. You guys finally scammed another team, another poor team. The way you scammed um, <laughs> for, for Solanke, I, I really don't. Twenty-four guys. solid million. <laughs> <laughs> and he hasn't kicked the ball in the Premier League, and that, then we that, sold it for that, 24 million. That, that, but that I actually crazy. believe that. No, I actually believe that the guy, the guy, the guy is actually a gunman. Like he scores goals, he's going to score goals for them. Like I mean, a goal scorer is a goal scorer. You can't, you, you don't teach some things. I mean, he, he joined, um, he joined. Um, um, what team did he join again? Like, was it Brentford or who did he join? No, not Swansea. Uh, he had 11 goals. In yeah, yeah, yeah. He joined Swansea and then he joined Swansea in January. And then he had he had eleven goals, double figures. So he's actually a very a very good striker. But I mean, he played he played at the um, where at the under I think under twenty ones or with them Sancho, Tammy, and the rest. And he was actually the MVP. So, it, but I mean, you, um, opportunities opportunities matter. Sancho had to go elsewhere to get opportunities. Tammy, we all know Tammy's story, and then all that. So. Opportunities. He wasn't was never going to start at Liverpool. I mean, so I just believe this is a good opportunity for him. And then Sheffield United don't actually have a good number nine, so he's going to he's going to try. And then the old the old, old Sheffield United boys are still there. The Lundstrom, the Flex, the, all those guys. So I believe they'll still pick up. Yeah, thanks for that. Okay. Uh, lastly, we just want to touch on managers. So right now, looking at the top 10, is there any manager that you feel will not finish the season? Frank Lampard. I feel so. Top 10? Did you say top 10? Top 10. Looking at the top 10 today. <sighs> so I feel like Frank, Frank Lampard will also not finish the season. I, I don't know why, but I just feel like he will. Lampard, Lampard, will, be gone in, Lampard will be gone by December, December, December max. December max. Trust me. I, I, I know, I know, I know. Um, I, top ten, but, Moyes. But Ole, Ole, Ole is a candidate too. 
Yeah, Ole, Ole is a strong, is a very, very strong contender. Very, very strong. He's trying his best to challenge Lampard. He's a very strong contender. <laughs> yeah. I think Mar- I think Mourinho will do well. This um, season. Ibuka. Funny enough. Yeah, he's. Yeah, um, David Moyes. Just imagine after international break. Just picture this. So after international break, I play Spurs. Gary Bale returns. Spurs give me seven zero. I mean, I'm a Mario <laughs> fan, so the result will repeat But Why do we have to imagine do that seven? Good. Well, that's what that's what's trending right now. So, <laughs> if Spurs give me seven, Gary Bale hat trick, Son and Kane give us two each, and Moyes is coach that day. If you are the owner of West Ham, seventeenth richest club in the world, according to June twentieth, twenty twenty fourth reports, won't you sack Moyes? So, in top 10 currently, I think I, I, I've smuggled into top 10. Yes, I'm 10th on the blog. I feel more is, oh my, is, oh my God. is going to leave. Like, we have West Ham 10th and United is not. <laughs> hey, because I was about to say that, but are, I, I, I held myself are, back. Who are, who are. <laughs> <laughs> so, Bobby, you please <laughs> explain. <laughs> Explain. But, but early days, early days, early yeah, days, early days, but, early days, but still, uh, you know the thing about United, it's not as if they've been, they've been unlucky or something. If you, I've actually watched all United games this season, and they've been outplayed in every single one of those games. So it's actually very bad. I think Ole will be the first to go. I think Ole will be the first to go. Actually, I changed my, I changed my prediction. Because how do you get, like, it's one thing to, to get to, to um, be defeated, but then they're outplayed every single game. As in for, for Crystal Palace to play somebody, are you are you as as useless as are you is it was shining. So I I I, I, I there's there's something about only I think he's gonna go between like I said the strong contender between him and Lampard. Yes. Mommy, you're not going to counter that. Man, I, honestly, I, I'm I'm just like just like his defense. I don't have strength to defend for him at all. Yes. Oh my! Oh, 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 you didn't just say that. But I think I think it's be it's it's a bit it's a bit for your own good. At least you need to get back. Uh, you need to win back your rep on Twitter. At least so I think only living <laughs> is the only is the, only living is the only way you can achieve that. Probably and there are so many good managers out there: Pochettino, Allegri, and the likes. The thing the thing is that the thing is that the, the board and only they have a they have a, a, a good thing going on. Um, I mean, Ole is not going to call them out in the media and they can continue to use him as a puppet and everything. So, it, it, I just hope United have not lost the Europa League um, this thing we wore some years ago because we're going, we're going back to the Europa League. Seeing that, um, seeing that, that um, UCL draw, I don't, I don't see us winning PSG or getting the better of Leipzig. Yeah. I Oh yeah, he 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 can, but he can't be that still, stupid. But still, he what? can't be that stupid. This is the thing. This is the thing. He signed. He's brought in Tellers. He's brought in Cavani. So what's the state of play? He's only smart enough to make the big decisions. And what are the big decisions? Should ma, can you bench Ari Maguire? Can you can you bench no. the most expensive defender? In it's the kind of thing. It's difficult. Very difficult. But he need, he, the truth is that <laughs> he needs to. I think he needs to because one, the, one of the very big mistakes Ole made is making Maguire captain. He's not exactly. He's, he's not. He's not near. He's not near captain material. He's not near. I mean, people people yeah, question Jordan Anderson. People question Jordan Anderson, but you can still see. You can still see what he's doing. You can still see that he's striving. He's striving to to be in that team to. To to um how put connect connect the big the big name players in that team, but Maguire is not. He's not a leader. Um um, Lamela Lamela got a red um fell down and they gave Marshall a red card. And if you saw how he, he reacted to it, it was really embarrassing. There was even some posts that said Bruno Fernandez cleared him in the in the in the in the dressing room um at halftime. That's why he didn't that's why he didn't come out. So. <laughs> Can 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 only can only make the big decisions. What what are what, what are the other big decisions? What are you going to do with Marshall? Are you going to start Cavani, a 33 year old, 
Um, what what are you going to do with Rashford? You're going into the into the Premier League with right wingers, Greenwood, Mata, James. No, it, it, it's it's really it's really looking bleak at the moment, and that's why I, I feel I feel at the end of the day the board would, would do what the board would normally do. It's not our fault. It's on only. You see, we signed this yeah. player for him, everything. Yeah, and they'll sack him. Yeah, December. Hmm. Should be done by then. I love December. I'm looking forward to December to see who goes first. I think we've we've had no, I, um, Lampard, we've had Oli mentioned, even David Moyes. Let's see. We've had Moyes. Lampard is on thin ice because one, Abramovich, I, I've seen this before. I've actually seen it before. Abramovich this season said, Lampard, you did well last season. I know you didn't have money to buy anybody. Oh, yeah, come, my boy. Take. Take all my money. Spend all my money. Spend it. He, he, that's what he did for Lampard this is because he, um, he's, a, he's, a, he's a shrewd businessman. That's what he would do. Take my money, but please let me see. Let me see results. And I don't think Lampard, Lampard as well. In the, in this in this new generational managers, I think Ateta is way clear of both Ole and Lampard, and it will show. It will show this season. Well, let's see how it goes. It promises to be another exciting season in the Premier League. And with that, we've come to the end of another episode of the Empty Stands podcast. For our listeners, please um, always share feedback. And if you're ever interested in featuring on the podcast, please let us know. We'll gladly have you. Thank you so much to our guests, Bamiji, Oniz, and Olumide. And we'll catch you all later. Bye-bye.